I wish that like I, I connected with people better. Like I don't feel like I feel like I have just like a really small inner circle of people that I have like kindred spirits and I can relate to. Yeah. But I I don't have that thing that people do where it's like they can make friends. And I also feel like I really struggle when it comes to authority. Like if someone is my boss, my teacher, my coach, whatever, I've never had strong connections with mm. people in authority. And I'm sure that there's some psychological explanation to this. You're autistic. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, they were roommates. Welcome to the Roommates Couch Podcast. I'm Aaron. I'm Kelton. How up to date are you on like TikTok trends and stuff? I know you don't spend a ton of time on there, but yeah, I like I've mentioned in the past. I I have to curb my addiction, so I I'm not trendy. I don't know. Okay, so there there's a trend that's been going on for like a year or two, and you probably are gonna recognize it. But it's people that um, they like sit down with their romantic partner, and they're like things about you that give me the ick, and the ick is is basically just like things that I hate about you. Like you do it once and I like lose attraction for you because of it. I wanted to do what gives you the ick roommate edition. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go first cause I have a story okay. that's foul, but um, okay. Dane Stotts, who I'm hoping to get on this podcast eventually. He's been working a lot. He says he's busy. I think he's just avoiding being on here. But um, when we first moved together in uh, up to Rexburg, we were living in an apartment called the gates we had a shared room. There was two other shared rooms. So there was a total of six guys in this apartment. We didn't really use our kitchen a lot. We mostly like if we wanted to cook, we'd go over to Serena's apartment because she was there and Dane's best friend was there. And so we'd kind of just hang out with that group. But for lunch in between school, um, Dane didn't have a car, but I did. And so I'd drive us up to the campus. Lunchtime, I'd drive us back down. After lunch, drive us back up for class, whatever. <clears throat> and he, uh, for lunch for like eight days in a row, would eat hot dogs. And like my whole life, hot dogs are either grilled, preferably, or microwaved if like you're in a hurry. And that is not the is case for Dane's thoughts. He boils his hot dogs, right? Ah. First, first ick, don't boil your hot dogs. <laughs> Second ick, he would reuse his hot dog water. And, like, and it, he would literally get done with boiling his hot dogs and he'd like scoop them out or whatever. And then he'd just like take this pot full of dirty hot dog water slide it to the back of the stove and leave it there and then every day he'd use that recycled water like a week straight and let me tell you the water was like gray brown it was the foulest looking and smelling thing and it had like like puddles of grease that had like pooled in the top and it was like a film and like it was the hot tub soup but he was cooking his lunch in it every day oh my gosh and that was my first roommate ick that is a good one oh gosh <laughs> And so it, what was the concept? Is it that the, the hot dog water retains the flavor? Yep. And, it just and like... so the, the flavor would just get stronger every day, like a cast iron pan. I don't think there's actual science behind it other than he's just eating like microbes and bacteria. But it, it was foul. Like our kitchen smelled like straight dick. Like, there's no getting around it. It smelled so bad in that apartment. Well, boiling hot dogs is, is your first sign. That, like that, that, that alone would give me the ick. He's because... unstable. <laughs> the reason why i hate that is because it's like i don't feel like they're already pre-cooked but it's like 
somehow putting it in water uncooks it. Yeah, like, it they makes it so like much raw. worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just my mom used to do that and I was just like, oh, it's the worst. Like I want to freaking nuke this thing and I want it to like split open into a million pieces. That's that's the way to cook it. See, dog. ideally, throw it on the grill at like the perfect temperature so it doesn't burn and then right before you take it off, char it so it's like mm. crispy on the outside and yeah, that that's perfect. Microwave so is acceptable, big, but boiled is not. Are you a big uh, campfire hot dog? Yeah, I, I do like a campfire hot dog. All right, so my, my ick, I, and it's probably just because I'm going to piggyback right off of you, but I my first year at Snow College, um, my first year of college, I had a roommate, and he was the worst, and he would do a thing where we did two things that were very sketchy. I, I never could decide if he was like a drug dealer or if he was just like really dumb and his parents like bankrolled him. Both. But and I, I, they bankrolled him to a point because he was always poor, but he always spent his money on stupid stuff. Ah. And so one day he came into our apartment and he was carrying like the biggest TV I've ever seen. Like it was a hundred incher TV and he put it in, on our wall that took up like the entire wall. And he's like, yeah, guys, I just bought this TV for us. It's going to be so awesome. I'm like, cool. Like if, if that's what you want to do, you know, and like 45, 46 days later, I came into the apartment and he was just like, the TV was gone. And he was just like sitting there with his hands in his head uh, and he was just like rocking back and forth. I was like, what's up? And he's like, I bought this TV at the beginning of the semester and my thought process is like, I'd return it before the, the, um, the like day. warranty, you know, he's like, <laughs> well, I waited too long and he's like, and I have money trouble. And so I sold it for like $300 less than I bought it for. No. <laughs> it's like, oh man, you, you idiot. Yeah. <laughs> and so that, that was like, that's the give, like set the scene of how this guy is. But what he would do is a very similar Dane Stotts move, and he would he would make two packages of bacon every Sunday. And so when you make bacon, the whole house smells like, smells bacon. like bacon, grease is everywhere, you know. And he would just like grill up on like one of those big flat stove top things. Oh like sure, like a thing. like a griddle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and uh, he would put he would put the griddle kind of off the edge of the um, bar, and then he would make these two packs of bacon, and it would all funnel into a vat. And he would put all the bacon grease into this vat, and he would do that every Sunday. Two packages, get the, the bacon grease into this vat, and he wouldn't eat the bacon necessarily. Like it would just kind of like sit in the fridge. He made everything covered in bacon grease, and so this huge vat that he would fill up every week just would get fuller and fuller, and he would keep it up in our cupboard. And the grease, just like I don't know if there was a leak in the the vat or whatever, but like that whole cupboard was just like. Filled. greasy grimy just like terrible yeah and the stove was always greasy and the countertop everything was just greasy and then it was like he'd make anything he'd make pancakes you just like go and scoop a big old thing of lard and throw oh. it on there and, like it was just always covered in grease and i hated it so i, I don't think i ever cooked in our apartment like yeah. i would just straight up go to mcdonald's every single day <laughs> yeah rest in peace bro is officially dead from a heart attack because there's no surviving that much lard do you ever watch um, Ghost Adventures with Zach Baggins? I, I'm not sure if I've watched that exact one. I've watched a bajillion Ghost okay. Hunter-esque type Ghost shows. Hunter stuff. Okay. Yeah. We, we love that. And Ghost Adventures specifically is the brand that my father-in-law goes crazy for. So every time we're in California, we watch just a ridiculous amount of Ghost Adventures. Well, Zach Baggins has a haunted museum in Las Vegas that they use as like an attraction or whatever. And essentially, most of the places that they go to find ghosts they'll bring back like some kind of souvenir or he'll buy, you know, these famously haunted items. And like, so in this museum he has like, and not all of it is like ghost stuff. A lot of there's, there's rooms and rooms and rooms filled with all these things. And some of them are just like, 
oh, this famous murderer had you know this item, and so Zach Baggins bought it at auction for X amount of dollars and has it in his museum. Um, so he has Dr. Kevorkian's murder van where he you know committed all those assisted suicides and stuff like the actual van. He has the registration hanging on the wall with his actual signature. Like it's really really cool. Um, and then there's there's a couple other things like there's one item called uh, a Dybbuk box which supposedly you know, almost killed Post Malone when he went and visited it. You know, he was allowed to touch it and then he almost died three times in the next like day or two. And so he had to like get all this, these rituals and stuff to get rid of the negative energy. I don't know how much I believe that. Um, Cause I, I didn't particularly feel anything near the Dybbuk box, but there was rooms in that museum. If anybody ever gets the chance to go to Vegas, it's like $30 for a four hour tour of this, this museum. I would highly, highly recommend it. But there was rooms specifically the, the front room has like a little, cause it's, it's literally just a house. And, and what he did was he bought a famously haunted house and turned it into a museum filled with haunted things. Um, so there's this room off of the living room at the front of the house where he keeps all of these haunted dolls. And like, there's other haunted dolls throughout the house and like they're scattered through and there's like, you know, the one that Annabelle is based off of. And there's one that, you know, there's lots of them scattered through the house, but this one room in particular, I couldn't tell you which doll, but I got within like 10 feet of that door and something was not right in my body like there was some energy that just like pushed all the courage out of me and like we when we went we went to vegas with two of our couple's friends so there was six of us in total and you know you get around your friends and you're like oh i'm big brave i'm not scared and whatever i lost all of that i got within 10 feet of that door and like i didn't even realize what was happening he hadn't explained what it was he hadn't done anything our tour guide we were just lining the room in a circle while they were giving us the explanation of everything and i had my back to it and um, feelings of just terror from the deepest parts of my soul. It was just like, something is wrong here. And so Zach Baggins Haunted Museum in Las Vegas is a must-see because it is there is some spooky shit in there. And like <laughs> I have shirts and t-shirts that say spooky shit fan club. I am, I'm on board, but it is terrifying <laughs> in that place. <laughs> something Dang. is not right. Yeah. Dang, dude, that's crazy. So... I, I would say that there's like two levels of fear. There's uh, when it comes to like scary stuff like that. Like yeah. there is what you described, and then there's like haunted house, like adrenaline fear. Thing. That's like ah. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's weird because it's like both of them are kind of exciting, but kind of not. Like uh, I, the other this, the first that mentioned not. I don't think that people well people do seek after it. Yeah. Like do you I, I kind of seek it. I'm not gonna lie. I I like a thrill, but yeah, this was not a thrill. Not a thrill. Huh. It's like it's like there's a level to it. It's like if it gets too intense, you're like, nope, bad decision. Want to yeah. get away from? <laughs> would you would you do like ghost hunter stuff? Like hundred percent. Oh, I would. There's ghost towns within like thirty forty minutes of me because Arizona's like a. It was gold rush. Like there's gold mines all over, and so there are ghost towns very near us that are supposedly haunted. And I would love if I could get permission to go spend a night or two in a haunted town just wandering around we watch um i can't remember what their show is called watcher on youtube this is the channel um ryan and shane are like two comedy guys that do ghost hunty stuff and like one of them believes in ghosts and the other one doesn't and so they've got like a really good rapport of like you know back and forth and like all this stuff but some of the places they go to i would love to visit because like since they're like a big youtube channel they get in everywhere they're like yeah, yeah this insane asylum from the 1600s had nine thousand people die of tuberculosis and there was a murder pit below and we're gonna spend two days in here and it's like that would be so fun <laughs> oh gosh this is something you should do this was like a cool um 
not necessarily like I got like super freaked out by it, but the Boise prison, um, Boise, Idaho, they, they were the last prison to perform hangings in, um, like the U S or whatever. So they had like the gallows and all this type of stuff. And then they had a warden that came in and it's like this super old prison. And, uh, they had like this warden come in who did like a psychological experiment in the seventies where he like let them paint their cells and everything. And you can, you can spend the night in, in the cells. They lock you in a cell and it's like supposedly haunted and all that type of stuff. And it's like, I would be, that would be spooky. Haunted prisons freak me out. Have you ever been to Alcatraz? I have not. Go, go now. Okay. They so last time we were there, um, we were talking to the tour guide, and they are shutting Alcatraz down. Oh, like, really? Soon, yeah, because they the, it just doesn't make enough money for the state to continue to fund it, and really? the upkeep on it is just astronomical. Apparently, because it's an old building, it's falling apart. They have to do all kinds of restorations and things. Um, awesome, awesome, awesome experience. Like Al Capone was there. There's all these huge like. That was like, if you went to the rock, you were a bad, bad guy. And, um, there, there's a certain amount of like murders that took place there. And there's like all these things and it's really cool. And you get all the facts when you go. Um, but at certain parts of the tour, they kind of just let you wander around and and do what you're going to do. And there's this room upstairs that was, I believe it was a medical bay at one point. Um, and I went with my wife, my father-in-law and my sister-in-law, and we were all kind of just walking around, having a grand old time. And Serena took several pictures of me and her dad looking out this window right and it was like picture came out clear picture came out clear picture there's something standing next to me picture came out clear and it's not on the camera and it was all just like like super quick pictures right there is a very clear outline of something standing immediately behind me and then it disappears if you want haunted prison alcatraz is the place to be we were taking (laughs) pictures everywhere trying to get like images of orbs trying to get images of like things and like we got some stuff that it's like oh this is spooky cool story this is a scary picture i'm gonna have to find like the before and afters so that you can see like how it appears and then disappears there is 100 percent ghosts in alcatraz that's crazy i there it seemed like there was a period of time in america where there was like these famous high security prison type of things like that it's like where how come we don't have cool stuff like that yeah. or do we have it but like they don't talk, like it's so secret they don't want people knowing about yeah. it or whatever you know yeah. but like that's just so dope it's just like this jail out in the middle of the ocean it's like yeah try to escape like yeah. dare you <laughs> and they 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 talk about stories of um the brothers that were there that did escape or tried to escape i can't remember if they drowned or not but like they literally with spoons that they took from the cafeteria like tunneled their way into the wall and like where all the piping is because like all the the whole thing is literally just concrete. And so they have radiators inside the walls that try and heat the, the concrete walls so that the people don't freeze to death. Throwing back to last week's episode of jails freezing people to death. Mm-hmm. But um, in 2023, what are we doing? <laughs> but they tunneled through the wall and were like climbing the radiator pipes and stuff and like were able to escape the jail and they jumped down into the ocean and they may or may not have died. I don't remember. But like the tunnels are still there. And like they have those jail cells. There's a couple of them that they keep unlocked so you can kind of go through. And they have like drawings that these bank robbers and serial killers and serial rapists and stuff made. Because they were like, yeah, you're allowed to do art or whatever. And so they'll paint up drawings and throw them on their walls. And you're allowed to like go in there and look at them and like look at the tunnels that these guys dug. And like it's so crazy. Yeah, they, they had a lot of that in the Boise prison too. And it's just like, just like the most 
awful things written on the walls. Yeah. And stuff. And like, there's there's not good people that are kept here. Like yeah. obviously, but supermax prisons generally not an indicator of a a good person. A good person. <laughs> but for all of our listeners, take a trip to San Francisco. Go to Alcatraz. It's like. 70 bucks and you can be there all day and that includes the ferry ride there and back and parking so like it's a blast are you an influencer or small business that wants to increase your reach do you want to see your profits increase by dozens of dollars advertise with us contact us at roommatescouch at gmail.com to be featured in an upcoming episode what do you know about the uncanny valley zero zero okay so it's like a, it, it sounds like it would be like a physical place, but it's not. It's a, uh, a psychological effect that takes place when humans look at something that's almost human, but not quite. And so um, a lot of people get it where, like they'll be watching Polar Express, right? Which for its time was a really well animated movie, but it's almost like too well animated in that their faces look mostly normal, but their eyes are dead. Yeah. And like that that uneasy feeling that you get, that's the uncanny valley. The concept itself goes back to a Japanese roboticist named Masahiro Mori who suggested that humans are more trusting of robots when they look more human to a point. When they start to look too human, then it like becomes very alarming to us because we just were like what what is going on and like our our minds can't process it. And he described it as, at a point, if an artificial agent becomes too much like a human, then this kind of affinity for likability reverses and creates feelings of eeriness or even repulsion, right? But the, the key breakdown is this. Humans are naturally afraid of things that look like us, but not quite. Like there's just something off. And there's like a conspiracy theory running around on the internet that says like, Essentially, at some point, that is a trait that was bred into us because it's a psychological effect that we all experience. So when we see something that is not quite human, we become uncomfortable around it. And for some evolutionary reason, that was a survival tactic, which suggests that there was something in the history of mankind that was like us, but not us, and that they were sort of a predator to, to the human species. So the reason we bring this up... Uh, have you heard anything about Kanye West in the last month? Not in the last month. He went way crazy and then he just He went gone. way crazy and then he went dark. Kanye is gone. Kanye recently resurfaced. And mm. the, the weird thing, shortly before his way crazy emotional mental breakdown and everything, <clears throat> he started spewing anti-Semitic things on Twitter. Every brand was cutting, cutting all connections to Kanye, right? <clears throat> he had this deal with Balenciaga, that they had a line that they were running together at Gap. And when he started this whole process, um, Balenciaga, who has additionally, they've also been canceled recently, and that's for a whole different thing, but um, they dropped Kanye saying like, hey, you can't commit anti-Semitic rants or anything like that. So like hundreds of millions of dollars on this deal, Balenciaga just backed out. So Kanye hates Balenciaga, and he has made that abundantly clear. Then Kanye goes off the rails and is doing all these crazy things and stuff and then vanishes for no reason. Once upon a time, Kanye ever said, if I ever disappear and then come back, it's not me. Like he was big on like universal world power and there's people pulling the strings behind stuff, which leads into a lot of his anti-Semitism. And so we're not going to feed into that. Essentially, his, his idea was just that there was someone that kind of controlled all celebrities. And if you become too much of a problem, they kill you and replace you. Sort of like... Avril Lavigne in the early 2000s, how she was 
well-known singer. Everybody knew her look, and then she just sort of changed. And she looks mostly the same, but not quite the same. Well, Kanye West came back this month, married to a different person that we've never met before, three inches taller, and he looks different in the face. He's less Kanye West and more Kanye East, right? He's just, he's like, (laughs) it's close. It's almost Kanye, but it's not actually Kanye. And so I think Kanye has been replaced by either (laughs) a clone, a robot, a skinwalker, a Wendigo, or the Mothman. (laughs) Because the real Kanye, and one of the the big things, I, I brought up all that Balenciaga stuff and then didn't even bring that to conclusion, but the first time he was sighted out in public, he's shopping with his new wife, at Balenciaga, like the place that dropped him for hundreds of millions of dollars two months ago. If, you, huh. if you're in a deal with this company and you say a bunch of stuff and they fire you for it, are you ever shopping there again? No. no not, Especially no not way. when they have their own scandal of child pornography and sex trafficking. No, you don't shop there. Robot Kanye does. Skinwalker Kanye does. <laughs> I want the old Kanye. <laughs> I hate the new Kanye. The always rude Kanye. Huh. This is the level of conspiracy theory where it's like, okay, you're crazy. But like, um, something that I got really attached to was uh, the Demar Hamlin. He was the Buffalo Bills player that had the cardiac arrest on field, right? Yeah. And when he resurfaced, there was some things that were just like, kind of weird. Like there, there's like he's in interviews and like people are asking him like, like what happened and stuff, and he like won't give a straight answer. And it's like there are questions that's like should just be come out and say. And like for all of his public appearances, like the first couple months of him like he was always wearing a hoodie and glasses and like there was just like there so it, it became a really big conspiracy that like he died they cloned him they brought him back and all that type of stuff and and they've tried to dispel that and and obviously you know it's it's crazy talk or whatever but when it comes to like conspiracy theories that i believe because we, we've touched on this pa- prior in the yeah. podcast but like the the epstein stuff and sex island and all that type of stuff all this evidence Real. that there is there's stuff that's happening is, is going on, you know, but then you look at these logs and it's like the evidence of the people that go to these islands, the position of power, like all that type of stuff. And then there being no investigations, there being mysterious, suspicious deaths in almost all these cases and people who claim they have evidence going silent, like all that type of stuff. It's like, it, there's gotta be an organization or people that are, threatened by by this information getting out and it's being protected like there are much lighter less serious things that police and detectives and all sort of go to the ends of the earth to solve but these huge consequential mysteries are just not being solved and it doesn't make any sense yeah i think it's i think it's a kanye clone kanye (laughs) he's he's not kanye anymore (laughs) dang that's that's crazy. As far as that concept of like non-human like psychology, you know, do you feel like you've experienced that like outside of Polar Express, but like that that level of fe- level of fear or, or like question? Because I, I, I'm trying to think in my life, and it's like I think I have, but I'd, I'd like to hear your thoughts. So the only one that I can really think of is we went to a museum when I was a kid, and they have it was almost like like Night at the Museum, the movie, how they have like the wax figurines in like their little display cases or whatever. Some of them, you get sort of the, uh, like the Mona Lisa effect where like the eyes follow you no matter where you are and the expression changes and stuff. And there's like a scientific 
explanation for why the Mona Lisa's expression is always changing, and it's because of the type of brushstroke that he developed and all this stuff. But for for wax figures, because they're 3D, we we we're pretty good at molding wax. Like there's stuff that looks exactly like people, but when you look at them and the eyes are kind of following you, but they're dead. Like there's no light in them. It it's really uncomfortable. So I think that's probably the closest I personally have been to experiencing it. Um, but I know there are a myriad of stories of people, you know, quote unquote, in, encountering skinwalkers that, you know, have, have had crazy experiences. And I'd love to like really deep dive into, into that whole thing on an episode here one day, but I don't know. What was, what was your story? I have two. One of them is like, <clears throat> is more in that skinwalker realm, but like the, the part that caught my attention was the, the concept of like soulless and how that messes with our psychology and, I, I've had a weird life of being exposed to death. Like I've had a lot of people in my life die. And it is a, a really weird thing in open casket funerals of oh. like that soul not being there. And I, I feel like that's kind of how I, I relate to that kind of that fear concept. Cause it, it is like, that's the closest emotion I would equate it to is like when I approach an open casket, it's not like remorse or love or sadness it's almost i'd say fear is like the best emotion for me personally yeah and it's just because it's not that person anymore in my in my mind it's, it's just like their their soul's gone and it's, it's just this this shell you know yeah and and I, I i think that that's kind of where i've experienced that but i i have had like um like a a, a spirit encounter where I, I used to work at a movie theater and the haunted the, movie theater <laughs> yeah. so uh salt creek cinemas if anyone wants to go do a ghost hunter episode there but i uh i used to work there it was like a very common thing that um like on shift you guys like conversation that would get brought up as you would talk about oh the the ghost that that lives in uh the theater and all that type of stuff and like people had had encounters and it was just kind of like the fun thing to talk about and I would talk about it almost like every shift. Like it just, we, we would talk about it a lot. Yeah. And I remember one night specifically, we didn't talk about it. Like it, it just wasn't brought up. Like things were just normal as they could be. And me and my manager were the ones closing up. And the way Salt Creek Cinema works is you can't leave until everyone's out of the theater. And there's always just like one dude that shows up to the nine o'clock showing of a three hour movie <laughs> and the rest of the theater's empty. And so we were just sitting there for like one dude to finish his movie and it was getting super late. It was like one in the morning. I was like, come on, like we need to wrap this up. And so I'm wrapping everything up. I'm cleaning up. The guy leaves the theater and the policy is like, once they leave, you go and you lock all the doors. And then the final thing you have to do is you sweep and mop up um, all the theaters. So going through, I'm doing all that type of stuff. And there was, there's two theaters on in this hallway and this really skinny hallway goes out, and then there's an emergency exit at the mm -hmm. end. And so I'm down this skinny hallway, and I'm mopping, and I'm mopping kind of like parallel to this hallway, and I see out of my peripheral this black shadow walk into theater three. So it just like it just goes into theater three, and it happens, and I'm like, okay, my manager's like going to wrap something up or, or clean something, or maybe that guy came back in or whatever. But I was like, that was clearly something that that came through. So I go into theater three. And I like just went in there fully expecting there to be be somebody, and I walk in. There's nobody there, and I, I get this cold chills all the way through my body. I'm just like, okay, that was that's weird, you know. And so I like kind of shake it off, go back to my mopping, pick up my mop. I'm like one sweep into it, and I see uh, the shadow go out of theater three. It just goes out, and so it leaves. And I was like, okay, now someone's in the lobby. Like they must have been hiding in the theater. Now they're in the lobby. So I like kind of like take off running after it, and I go 
and I look in the lobby, there's nothing, nothing there, you know? And I'm just like, okay, I'm like really freaked out. My manager's upstairs working on the projectors and stuff. And I'm just like, don't be stupid. You've talked yourself into it. Like it's not a thing. Yeah. You know? And I go back to my mop, pick up my mop, start to sweep or start to do it, whatever. And in my peripheral, this black shadow comes and stands. It's there. And I recognize that it's there. And it's, I like have time to think through this. And I'm like, I know if I look, it's not going to be there. Yeah. And I look and it's not there. It was just gone. And that, that, that experience was like undeniable. Like, I don't care what anyone says. Like, you can say, <laughs> oh crap, it's all in your head, whatever. It was undeniable to me. And I went and I sat, I like went into the middle of the lobby and I sat down, waited for my manager to come down. And the second she came down, she just like saw the look in my face and she just said, okay, we can go. Like, and we just left. Like, we didn't do anything else. Like, we just left. And, like, they had someone come and bless the, the theater and all sorts of stuff. Like, it was it was real. It was, like, my ghost experience. And, like, I can't deny it. Like, it was something was there. It was weird. And I feel like that stuff is real. I believe it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I've told you a couple times, I'm sure, the, the story of the one in my apartment. Mission, not mission. Mission. Okay, I, is this uh, Ashton area? Uh, it was Medford. Medford, okay, mm-hmm. yeah. I was, it was when I was with Unker. Oh, yes, okay. okay. But it's a good one. So You want to share, you wanna share yeah, with I'm, I'm going <laughs> to cut some of the details because normally it's like a 40-minute story to tell, and I don't want to be here that long. But um, <laughs> suffice it to say, there there was a an organization which had sent me and my companion at the time uh, some mail, and it was like, just a mail order church and they would send you blessings or whatever if you sent them cash my my companion performed one of these rituals and say what you want about magic or or whatever something started happening after he did that and so i used to wake up every single night at like the same time i'd have the hardest time falling asleep and then i'd wake up two hours later staring at the ceiling with just like a horrific feeling in my body like chills everywhere and just miserable miserable So I'd I'd wake up and I would have the toughest time falling back asleep because I had like these feelings of just like pure terror, which I have never experienced at any time in my life before. Um, And there was this one particular day I was staring at the ceiling, waiting to fall asleep. And I happened to look over into the corner of the room and same deal. There's a black shadow, but like not, it's, it's really hard to explain because it was very clearly the shape of a person but like no edges. So like shadow Mm -hmm. doesn't quite fit because it like, it was 3d esque, but like more vapor, you know, like just, I could tell that it was there standing in the corner and I became so afraid, just terrified. I was like, I'm, I'm dead. This is the end. Goodbye. There was a few moments where I actually considered that I like would really die. And we say that a lot, like, Oh, I almost died from this. But like, something like inside me knew that like I was not going to survive this encounter. Um, about a half hour later, I, it, it sort of just like lifted, had someone bless the apartment and then we kind of stopped having that experience and we didn't really ever have an issue with that again. That thing, that entity, that spirit, that whatever it was, was like attached to this ritual that my companion had performed. So Ugh. it was, it was a lot. So- and I have it written very vividly in a journal that's it's like nine pages long of the story and it still freaks me out to to read it and stuff, but something something not quite right, you know? Yeah. Yeah, dude. 
That, that is a crazy story. I, I remember I remember you telling me the, the full length version of it and there's there's some details spared there that it's like it that type of stuff, it just it's a contrast to like let you know that it's like there's more out there, you know, like there <laughs> we're not the we're not just uh it's not just made up in people's heads when multiple people have similar experiences like that, you mm. know. That the, the the description you gave of like the vapory type of thing, that's that's very similar to how I would describe it for sure. Yeah. You're you're from Utah. Yes. Did you ever go to the Mayan, the Mayan restaurant? Oh, okay. Love the Mayan. The Mayan, the Mayan was incredible. And how the, ever that went out of business, I have no idea. We the the very last time we went to the Mayan before we went before we moved to Arizona because they never had them here. It was just a Utah thing, or I don't know if it was one building or multiple. I I was a child, so but give, give a description for our listeners. Okay, what so the Mayan, is. The Mayan it, it's like a. It's a rainforest-themed restaurant, multiple stories. The building is shaped like a Mayan pyramid. You walk in, there's like animatronic parrots and stuff, and it's it's sort of like um, medieval times where it's like a dinner and a show at the same time. But rather than you know sitting around looking down at this giant coliseum, every table has a view of these like giant waterfalls, and every half hour or so they have these extravagant cliff diving waterfall shows and people are like jumping down six stories into a pool down below and it's like singing and there's flashing lights and very very exciting place to be as a child but we are sitting there enjoying our mayan and we like i happened to look over at the table next to us and a mouse dropped onto this guy's shoulder like visibly i see the mouse fall and land right on his shoulder and you can tell he like reflexively like kind of reaches up grabs it realizes what it is and chucks that mouse so far across the restaurant like i'm so surprised it didn't like land in someone's hair or something and then obviously they told the manager and the manager like comped everyone's meal within earshot of of that table just because like oh no they have a mouse but like it's a seven-story building filled with artificial plants and rock and stuff like of it's gonna have critters in it like it just it, that's what it is well maybe we just solved the mystery of why the mine got shut down <laughs> <laughs> it had a, a mouse problem oh man the mine is like it was the the fanciest non-fancy place. Like yeah. it was a, a only special occasion place, but it really wasn't like fancy. It was just like an, an experience. Like yeah. you, you went, you had to go to the Mayan. I went to the Mayan twice in my life. First time I was a little kid, loved it. Like it was just like the coolest thing you could ever imagine. Second time I went there, I was on the worst day of my entire life. <laughs> and the girl ordered the most expensive thing on the menu. And it gets for a non-fancy place. It's I mean, they're they're paying high school kids to dive six stories like they it's expensive to be there yeah because it, it's like instantly 15 bucks more just for the show portion of it added yeah. on to the meal price right and and so she ordered like the most expensive thing on the menu and i think it was just out of spite because we were on the world's worst date and then she took one bite and she's like this is gross and i was like <laughs> freak you because as a high school kid like Expensive. 50 bucks about kills you oh yeah and it was like her meal alone was 50 bucks and i was like and i don't even like like you like this is the world's worst date and then you're just taking me for everything i have and, yep. oh it was the worst Ugh. what was her name let's get the um, receipts mckenna mckenna if your name is mckenna and it's spelled dumb probably because you're from utah <laughs> <laughs> The, the, the best part about this is I, I have a friend that um, listens to our podcast religiously, right? Uh -huh. And we were on a double date, so I know that he's listening, and I know he knows this exact experience. What's up, bro? But what made this was so awkward, the whole thing, and why she probably ordered the most expensive thing out of spite, is this was back in a time 
when you use MapQuest. Mm. Like it's crazy to think that in my lifetime, MapQuest was a thing. Okay, so it had we a chokehold on on all traffic jams in the U.S. It's it single handedly caused ninety percent of the traffic. Yes, and I'm sure ninety percent of divorces start with MapQuest. <laughs> <laughs> you can extend that statistic beyond, but. Uh, MapQuest, and the problem with MapQuest is your paper doesn't magically update when you miss one of the 10,000 steps on how to get somewhere. So we're like trying to navigate to the Mayan from this place that we had been. And I was like, my buddy was up front and my date was like messing with the, the stereo. And there was this Bon Jovi song and she like blasted it. She's like, ah, I love this song, blast it. So it's like super loud in this car. And you missed your and I'm turn. Holding the, I'm holding the MapQuest. I'm like, Tyler, turn right at this exit turn right at the sex and he just blows right past it and <laughs> i lost it i like i yelled i was like turn off the radio everyone shut up we have to get there because the mayan was a reservation only place and if you miss your reservation you miss the show you miss everything nope, you're not and getting in we were we were not gonna make our reservation and i was pissed no so the mayan or mckenna for me what's your friend's name day. tyler tyler yeah thank you for being an avid fan tyler we appreciate you <laughs> Big shout out. I, I was uh, on Instagram today. I posted uh, like a little clip of our last episode and um, my cousin messaged messaged me on Instagram and was like, hey, just listen to the show for the first time. Love it. You guys are so funny. Also, I'm 90% sure I went to high school with the guy that you do it with. And I know that you do because I've asked you about her before. And I was like, oh, 100%. Like we've we've already talked about you because like I have family from Nephi, the Eakins. What's up, Brinley? Um, there you go. <laughs> and so I thought that was cool. It was like, worlds colliding guy that i met in oregon versus my cousin from the same micro town with eight people in it are you are you a believer in the, the six degree theory that you're, you're just six degrees away from every person on the earth yes yes I've, I've seen enough tiktoks of people like doing random random things that that i i do believe it yeah 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 it, it is crazy like obviously you can't know someone's entire network of like how they know whoever or whatever but it especially in our like the culture of the church like we were both grew up in the same religion and stuff and it's like that makes the world so small so like small. it is crazy who you know like through through the church and it's like i all the time like just the other day i was in a meeting and i was like walking out and this guy ran up to me and he was like he's like hey i just like looked you up on on lds tools and he's like hey you're a jab wasp and i was like yeah, I'm sure I was. And this guy has like lived in Rexburg his entire life, except for three years. He lived in uh, Mona, Utah, which is like the town right next to Nephi. And he, like, he knew all these people. And like, it's just like so weird the, yeah. the connection that you can have. Thank you guys. That was another great episode of the Roommates Couch podcast. We are very excited for to carry on our spooky conversation next week. We're hoping to bring on some special guests that have some spooky stories. Spotify or Apple Music, YouTube, wherever you're listening. We appreciate you. Thank you for listening. Please hit that subscribe, follow button, and share it. We'd love for you to expand our reach, and we are looking for one stranger. We want no connection. There, I'm sure there's some six-degree connection because obviously you're listening. You're probably a friend, a family member, but give us that that six-degree connection that they don't know us. They don't know me. They don't know Mimit from Adam, but they'll come and listen and enjoy the Roommates Couch podcast. So thank you, everybody. We'll see you again next week. God, they were roommates.